great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is. This is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode ten. My name is Adam. I'm Kevin. And today we're going to be going over some of the latest film news floating around the internet, uh, including some of what we like to call "not the bees," mm-hmm. where we cover some of the worst news of the week. We also have Ryan with us to talk about a little movie we made him watch called "Titanic: The Legend Goes On" in honor of Titanic 3D hitting theaters this week. Uh, let's first go over some of what we watched. This week, what's the first movie you watched, Kevin? The first movie I watched was 444, Last Day on Earth. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. What'd you think? uh, Pretty much what you just said. (laughs) I... (laughs) I I really hated this. I I think you probably liked it a little bit more than I did. Um, no, no, I didn't. This is uh, directed by um, Abel Ferrara, stars Willem Dafoe, and it's basically about the last day on Earth and what this couple does on their last day. And let me tell you, they don't do a whole lot. <laughs> they, they don't do a whole lot on their last day on Earth. No, they don't do much. This was a really low-budget film. Most of it took place... In an apartment that they lived in, uh, the apartment was very depressing and sparse. Just, just not a good movie, in my opinion. No, and the acting was even below average for me. I didn't think Willem Dafoe was that good in this movie, and uh, Shannon Lee, who plays his girlfriend, mm-hmm. I don't think they were married. I think they were just boyfriend and girlfriend, but God, she was awful. Yes, yes, she was. <clears throat> she she doesn't uh, she doesn't have a whole lot of acting credits. No. It, yeah, I just uh, overall I thought everything about the movie was bad. I thought it was really preachy. It was really pretentious. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. I I didn't like a lot of the how they used like the TV clips, like the Al Gore thing, and the um. The whole Buddhist thing with the Dalai Lama, I, I just I couldn't stand any of that. I just thought it was just terrible. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, when predominantly what they're talking about the last day on Earth is you're showing Al Gore clips from when he was doing press for an inconvenient truth. Mm-hmm. Seems like you're a little behind the times. Like I under, yeah, was... like I understand that they were that's how the earth was being destroyed is because he was right. So, but still, it just seemed really outdated. Yeah, I agree. It was, and they just kept saying like, Al Gore was right. Al Gore was right. And I agree that that is a serious problem that, that it is affecting all of us. However, like you just said, it, the movie was out of date. If it came out, you know, 10 years ago, then maybe, it would be a little bit more relevant. Yeah. Plus, it, this movie was just all over the place. I don't think he really knew what he wanted to do. And, of, of course, it had, uh, if you're going to have a movie about the end of the world, it had the great line, we're all dying, we're already dead, 
which seems like they always <laughs> say that in movies. Yeah. Like I said before, not a whole lot happened in this movie. Just yeah. him him and his girlfriend hanging out, having ridiculously long sex scenes. In it. Yes, what was that in the beginning of the movie? Like, <laughs> ten minute long sex scenes. Uh, completely close, unnecessary. Close-ups of navels and pubic hair. Yeah. Got to see a lot of Willem Dafoe pubes in it. Yeah. It's just, and it just, it wouldn't end. It just kept going. No, and there was, I just, the whole time I was like, there's no point to Mm -hmm. this movie. What's going on? Like, if, I think the concept of the last day on earth and how you would spend it is a very interesting concept, Mm -hmm. but these were two of the most uninteresting people I've ever seen. Now, that is something that I think is a good idea, but of course... As we said before, he did not execute it well at all. But, you know, sort of how he was just showing people, like, still just sitting down and eating dinner and stuff. Because I have a feeling that if it was the last day on Earth, I probably wouldn't do much either. No, I don't don't know. I don't know how I would spend my last day. But I definitely don't think that being in New York that it would be that calm. No, I think that it would be. Because there are a few scenes where he goes up to the roof of their apartment and he kind of looks out and sees what it's like in the city. And it's, it looks like it's empty. Yeah. No one's, no one's doing anything. People are working out a bunch of people shopping at Dwayne Reed's. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a normal day in New York. Yeah. No, I think there would be a lot of looting and just mass destruction. Yeah. It would just be complete chaos. I think, I mean, I guess it's a different, take on it because it's hard to say exactly how people would react but but knowing like knowing people knowing people it's not gonna be like that and i thought like the whole newscast thing was kind of ridiculous and the overabundant use of skype yes it was a skype commercial like they every conversation they had was with people through skype so I thought that that was just, it was just a little too much. Yeah. And I like the fact that they still have Chinese delivery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like, like the Chinese restaurants are still going to be delivering food. I think if you want to see a movie about The Last Day on Earth, you should just wait until the Steve Carell movie comes out. Uh, that looks much better to me. Or Melancholia. Or melancholy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Melancholy is a, I guess a more similar film. Now above <laughs> and beyond, just way better. Uh, quick question. I think I know the answer, but what uh, scenes? Which one did you think was better for the end of the world? The last scene in four forty four, last day on Earth, where it's sort of like a light show in the sky, the green uh, sort of like southern lights or whatever the hell they did Mm -hmm. or the ending of melancholia melancholia (laughs) melancholia i thought well that was one of the other issues i had with this movie is that i thought it was very anticlimactic like it just you know they just showed them i don't think it's a big spoiler i mean we knew it was going to happen the end of the world like but they don't do anything they just lay there like Mm -hmm. i mean it's just 
it was just so bad. And they and they just superimpose <laughs> like the northern lights or the southern whatever that is. Just like yeah. over <laughs> over the skyline of New York City. <laughs> yeah, Melancholia was just it was better in every way. Yeah. Every way it was just better. Go see that. Yeah, instead. the ending of Melancholia was absolutely perfect. Yeah. I guess I'll pick out a movie next. Uh, my dad is visiting this week in Florida, so I've been watching a lot of movies, catching him up on a lot of movies, so I rewatched Captain America and Drive and Tintin. I'm not going to really talk about any of those movies, but uh, this is the third time I've watched Drive, so, and I still love it. Yes. That movie so, is fantastic. Uh, actually, I, I watched uh, The Adventures of Tintin on Blu-ray uh, for the first time since I saw it in the theater, and, and I actually liked it better the second time I watched it. I liked it the, in the theater, but watching it on Blu-ray was really nice. Mm-hmm. What was your next movie? Let me get myself ready here. I've done, because we make fun of it a lot of times, so how we cannot pronounce things. <laughs> so for the first time ever, I did a little research. Nice. <clears throat> here we go, here we go. Uh, and I'm still going to butcher it, I know it. La Havre. Think, Sounds right. Think, I think I nailed it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say I nailed it. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes, the newest movie from. And the funny thing is, is I didn't research how to say the director's name. Like, okay. <laughs> I just got the. Give, give it a shot. <laughs> I got to the title of the movie, and then I was like, "Yeah, that's good enough." Uh, Aki Kurismaki. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. How uh, how'd you like that? This, I didn't get a chance to see this yet. This movie was spectacular. Absolutely loved it. It was great. It was awesome. I don't know a whole lot about this movie. What what's this all about? It's essentially about an African boy arrives in like a cargo ship in the port city of La Havre, and they it gets busted, you know. And but he the little boy gets to, he runs away. And he uh, happens upon an old uh, shoe shiner that takes him in and, you know, feeds him and helps him out and tries to get him because he was on his way to London because the little boy's rest of his family lives in London. So he helps him out to get him there. And uh, as he's doing this, his wife, the shoe shiner's wife, is in the hospital dying. Mm. I mean, not much. It's like a. You know, quirky movie. Not much happens. Just some small things, but it was just, it was done very well. The shooting and the acting, everything. I'm going to have to check this one out. Yeah. It's, it's French, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it felt exactly like an old movie. I don't know how to explain mm. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Just the, the lighting and everything, the way they did it. Cause it's, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Some, it's, some of it, you know, takes place outside, like real sets, and then some of it looks like it's almost staged. Mm. But then at the same time, within like a couple of seconds, it'll look real. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's fantastic. Really good. I'd give it probably an eight, eight and a half. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out for sure. My next movie is God Bless America. Mm-hmm. This is actually available on demand right now, and it's written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. 
now when I first read that I was like really like I, I thought he was just kind of I thought he just kind of disappeared but I really enjoyed this movie well did it, you oh real quick uh, did you see uh world's greatest dad his last movie with Robin Williams uh you know what I never did see that yeah that was pretty good I never I did hear good things but for whatever reason I just that one fell through the cracks for me I just didn't see it i heard it was was pretty good like pretty uh depressing from what i heard mm-hmm. yeah well this movie's depressing as well even though this is also considered a comedy i think world's greatest dad was considered a comedy right yeah definitely a dark comedy well god bless america is the darkest of the dark kind of comedy you can ever think of basically uh, it's about uh this guy who gets diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor uh doesn't get a whole lot of time to live so he decides to go on this killing spree and just kill everyone that he believes deserves to die and that includes people on reality shows uh just he just goes nuts on everybody and along the way he ends up picking up this girl who she's kind of like him like uh, basically, at the beginning of the movie, he kills this girl that was on the show My Super Sweet 16. <laughs> and he kills her, and this other girl that goes to the same school sees him do it and decides to kind of just join up with him and, and go along on this crazy trip across the country where they they kill people from the Westboro Baptist Church uh, they just <laughs> kill everybody that is poisoning this country, basically. Mm. I don't think right-wing Republicans would like this movie. What? Are you sure? <laughs> I. It's a very, very left-wing movie. Although, I, you know what? I, I mean, in certain aspects, I think that they wouldn't. But then, then again, I think... A lot of this whole like uh, reality TV culture, I think that that can be universally hated by both sides. Yes, I think so. So <clears throat> maybe maybe uh, right wingers could pull something away from this movie, but it is really over the top, really violent. A lot of the things that they show, you wouldn't think that they would show them in a movie. Like, I mean, he kills, he kills a 16 year old girl Yeah, (laughs) and it's very heavy, very heavy movie. A few years back, they made, Uwe Boll made a postal movie based on the video game where you just go around killing people. Mm -hmm. This is what the postal movie should have been. It's like falling down, but more violent and more comedic, obviously, but there's a lot of satire in it. And as you're watching it, you're just like, this is it. This is how, this is how it is. Like, these are the kind of terrible things we have to deal with in like media and, you know, like these pundits that just spew out this venom that is really poisoning this country in it. And it's, it's definitely a political (laughs) statement, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't like the girl in it um her name is tara lynn barr i believe i didn't like her 
she was she was a little too much she was not a very good actress uh especially at the beginning of the film she was really annoying but uh joel murray bill murray's brother is the main character and he's fantastic it's great he's just i love he's joel great. Murray. yeah i like and, uh, once again we are tearing down the acting talent <laughs> <laughs> well you know what i mean that's what we do we're critics that's what we do we point out bad performances and maybe she can look at it like a learning experience. You know, she listens to the podcast. She hears us tear her down. Maybe she can take it as some constructive criticism. Here, here's my criticism for Tara Lynn Barr. Don't act like you're in a high school play. That's it. Well, act the, like you're in a movie. This uh, brings me to something that I was thinking about because of the woman in 444 Last Day on Earth. I'm always a little hesitant to you know point out the performances because i'm wondering if the director wanted her to act that way yeah because i found her to be really annoying in 444 you know she's just and just immature she sounded like a little kid and then i thought maybe that's what abel ferrer wanted so it's not actually her fault she like you know to abel ferrer she was nailing it and maybe to everyone else we're like god that's awful yeah i mean in that role i can definitely see that because her character was kind of this immature i don't know how old she was supposed to be but i think she was supposed to be a lot younger than willem dafoe Mm -hmm. because i think that the whole plot in that was that he left his wife and got this like young artist girlfriend yeah just going back to the Tara Lynn Barr thing, she just she just wasn't great in that movie. And I think that she's not a bad actor, but I think she has a lot of learning to do when it comes to acting. And she wasn't in a whole lot of stuff before this. So. True. I think she was in, like, Drake and Josh on Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I highly recommend God Bless America – Definitely not a family film. It probably will offend you mm-hmm. yeah. on some level at some point, but that's what the goal of the movie is. It's, yeah. it's supposed to do that. Bob, so Bobcat makes some uh, dark movies. Yeah. Because uh, World's Greatest Dad, which you didn't see, but I'll tell you real quick, it, his, his son dies, Robin Williams' son dies, mm-hmm. and Robin Williams is a writer, so he like fake writes a journal for his son that died and you know it becomes very popular and all this stuff but the way his son dies is from autoerotic asphyxiation mm. and his son is like the biggest asshole in the world and a huge pervert mm. and that's how he dies yeah that sounds pretty dark yeah it was because when i started i knew the plot of the story but i didn't know how the kid died mm-hmm. and then like you know a couple minutes in i'm like oh jeez. <laughs> Like I have a feeling I know how this kid's going to die. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna post the review for God Bless America at some point this hopefully this weekend. Uh, I'm working on it right now. I also saw uh, Comic Con episode four of Fans. Is it a Fans Hope or something like that? That's the new Morgan Spurlock documentary about Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. And that was that was really good too. I really enjoyed that. That's also available on demand. Uh, 
both God Bless America and Comic-Con came out on demand this Friday. Mm-hmm. As far as the, the film goes, probably not Morgan Spurlock's best movie, but it's it's very entertaining, especially if you're into comic books and that type of culture, like the whole nerd culture. They, he gets a whole bunch of famous people to do interviews and stuff like Kevin Smith and Joss Whedon and Stan Lee and Frank Miller and um, Seth Rogen, just a ton of people to contribute to it. It was interesting. I heard an interview with him and he said that they filmed the entire movie over four days, which is the four days of Comic-Con. <laughs> And so they had to shoot the whole movie within that time period. And he had 150 people in the crew working on this movie to get it done in the four days of Comic-Con. So it's pretty impressive. The movie's good. I think that you, even if you're not really into comic books, you can take something away from it. Uh, a lot of the characters that they follow around are really interesting, really likable characters. I do have the review for that up on the site. I believe I gave it a 7 out of 10. Or no, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> wasn't great. With documentaries, I like to learn something. And I feel like I didn't really learn a whole lot from that movie that I didn't already know. Yeah. And and that's kind of what the downfall of the movie. The only people that are going to see that movie are people that are already fans and already know about Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot to take away from it. No. But it was very entertaining to me. Any other movies? Uh, no, not really. Right before we get into news, let's uh, do some Ryan Watches a Movie. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh no, oh, little kids got naked and had lots of sex. Hello, Ryan. Welcome back. What movie did we have you watch this week? You know, it's funny because I'm not even sure. And I'm, neither am I at this point. I'm just going to go and say that it was called The Legend of Bullshit. Because that covers both of them. Okay, so let me give some backstory on this. What we had planned for you to watch was a movie called Titanic The Legend Goes On. But apparently the one that I got and gave to you is not the same. The one that I gave you was called The Legend of the Titanic. Which, and it should be noted, that they're both terrible animated movies about the titanic from italy so what are the odds of that happening yeah the different directors looks like the plot is relatively similar on both of them i guess that's what caused some of the confusion for me um although they do appear to be different movies what caused the confusion for me was that the title wasn't even in the movie (laughs) yeah the title, like, in the when you watch the movie, it just says the Titanic. Like, it's just... Oh, it's just rough. This yeah, just we, a rough we, one. we intended him to see Titanic, The Legend Goes On, which is rated, like, the worst animated movie ever. And is actually on IMDb's number one worst movie of all time. 
but he didn't get to see that. He saw the legend of the Titanic, which uh, it sounds I'm like pretty, is just yeah, as bad. I'm pretty sure it's just as terrible. Because this one yeah. actually sounds worse than the other one. Yeah, it does. <laughs> this is, okay, this is a film. It's a very loose adaptation of the infamous <laughs> Titanic it's incident. Loose? The only similarity is that the Titanic is in it. Nothing else uh. is real. <laughs> Wait a second. So, in real life, the Titanic wasn't... It didn't sink because of a gang of sharks. That I don't believe octopus that. named tentacles. That didn't happen. <laughs> what an original name for an octopus. Tentacles. And they had the Adam sexual boys. So, uh, yeah, what? I'm pretty sure that was because they are Italian, and Italian people are known for being somewhat sexist and racist. <laughs> it was an Italian movie, though, so. Uh, I don't know what you could say about that. But it features talking mice, dolphins, sharks, a giant octopus, and elements of fantasy. It also spawned a 2004 sequel known as Tentacolino. You shouldn't even try to pronounce that. No one gives a f. Well, I want to know. Take a porn. Well, I want to know. <laughs> well, know if that's. You're like, right. It does sound like a, like a porn. <laughs> It's a spinoff. They gave Tentacles his own movie. It seems that way. Um, I have a trailer here, but it's for the other one. <laughs> but <laughs> let's just go ahead and listen to that one anyway. <laughs> now you can experience the adventure of the most famous ocean liner in history as you've never seen it before. Titanic, the legend goes on. There are all kinds of passengers aboard the Titanic. And among them is a young girl on the voyage of a lifetime, searching for someone she lost long ago. You're never going to uh, find your precious mother. You're wrong. I will find her. And on this journey, she will meet William, her one true love. I don't even know your name. It's Angelica. I was looking for someone. Now that I've found her, I'm not <laughs> going to let her get away from me again. But there are some on board willing to destroy her dreams. Now I know who stole my locket. It was that girl. Angelica, come here at once. So it's Okay. So that's not the right trailer, but it sounded funny, so I'm going to keep it on there anyway. Uh, why don't you tell us about the legend of Titanic? Well, you know, as I said before... Normally, I watch my two or three times to get them, to understand them. This movie, I watched once, and I could barely watch it once, because it was awful. Nice. Um, there's, I mean, I'm not right to the fantasy aspect, and I don't know how you combine Titanic and fantasy. But apparently this asshole tried to do it. Well, I think that the uh, the biggest question of all is why make this into a... Why make a horrible <laughs> tragedy that resulted in hundreds film. of deaths into an animated kids movie? Like... Uh, an animated kids movie where no one dies at the end. Everyone lives. Oh, they all get off they the boat. Get, they all get off yeah, the ship. Yeah, because 
the act was saved all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean tentacles saved everyone? Tentacles oh. and there was like some f***ing dolphins. Well, that's, and... that's my biggest question is how did the dolphins how did was... they help out? It was so ridiculous because, all right, the girl. First of all, there's mice in this bed, like animated mice, and mm-hmm. I don't know why the hell they're in this because they serve no purpose at all. But when the main girl and the main guy are on the bridge of the boat, like in Titanic, uh, she. Mis- she discovers that she can talk to them and they can knock back to her. So she starts talking to the dolphin and the f-ing dolphin jumps up in midair and talks to her and just hovers there. <laughs> it must be due to the magic moonbeams. Yes. And there are also sharks that talk and wear hats under the the water. Well, that's the thing. Apparently, Ice and his gang of sharks decide to let an iceberg hit the Titanic. Uh, They all know. They don't let let it happen. They uh, get the octopus to throw an iceberg under the water. How in the hell... Do you throw an iceberg? Uh, well, I think that that's probably the, the... I think that's the fantasy aspect. Yeah, that's the fantasy. That's, yeah, normally an octopus couldn't throw an iceberg, but in, but f- in this fantasy land... But, yes. for this, but for the sake of this movie... Everything else seems scientifically sound, yeah, and except historic- for the iceberg throwing. And, and historically accurate. I think that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they really, ended and, up... Well, that and tentacles. I don't think an octopus would be named tentacles. I know. That's, I think that that's embellished a little bit. I actually heard that um, when tentacles passed away, they ended up stuffing him, and he's on display at the Smithsonian. Mm, I bet you his real name is, like, Randall or something. <laughs> Randall the, Randall the Randall. octopus. Saver of lives on the Titanic. Uh, I love how little kids probably see this and think that that's what happened. <laughs> uh, going back to your earlier point, I I believe this movie is made because it was made right after the real Titanic came out. So I believe. You mean the you like, mean the live action yeah, James Cameron? Yeah. Though? That, um, I think it was basically made to get kids to go watch it for money. Because, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, this is directed by a guy named Orlando Karate. He is not known for doing anything. He sounds um, like a f***ing Sopranos guy. <laughs> directed <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Well, he did do a TV series called Virus Attack. Oh, I might have so. watched it. He also, he also directed Welcome Back, Pinocchio. <laughs> Welcome back, Pinocchio. 
You've been gone for so long. <sighs> Any other uh, things to add? Oh, um, before we forget, we had you go back and watch the Clash of the Titans remake. How how was that? That was uh, I wanted to like it, but I didn't. No. Um, <laughs> the action scenes were cool, obviously, because they're newer. They're of the new generation, but half the story is based on shit that didn't really exist. Like, I feel no. like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think most of it didn't exist in real life. No, I feel like, in as far as the legend goes, I feel like yeah, I know they just had to open holes in the story and filled it however they wanted to. Mm. Like, the, Which those one? magic guys, the guys, uh, the grunt. The grunt? The magic guys. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've seen this movie before? No, I I I saw part of it. I don't even know what, turned it what off. movie is he talking about. What did we have him watch? The, the new, oh, okay, the new okay. Clash of the Titans. New Clash of the Titans. Gotcha. But There's there, I mean, running magic men. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't they're know, ride horses. They ride fire mares. Not fire. It's regular No. I'm sorry, they this... ride they ride scorpions. Uh, like uh, okay, they... I know I know what you're talking about. Gotcha. Um as far as your question last week about Pegasus, they Did call we... the the ones in this movie they call the Pegasus, which makes me believe that it's a group and that's their name. But that's that's what I, heard. That's what I, I thought Pegasus was one north. I was pretty sure it was a group, but now old versus new, which one would you recommend? I'm gonna if I'm any. gonna have to say new. Mm-hmm. Well Good. I would probably say neither. Neither but I I'd have to way more towards now. Okay. Going back to Legend of Titanic. I'm gonna give you a drum roll here. We didn't... And during the during the drum roll, you say the score, and then I'll play the crash symbol. We didn't. We didn't practice this at all. No. So here. So here's the drum roll. During the drum roll, you, you announce the score. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Ready? All right. What did you give the Legend of Titanic? That. What? <laughs> you gotta announce it with <gasps> six. You gave Legend of Titanic six out of ten. Know. Oh shit! I know. What? I totally fucked that up. Yo, get out of here, really? I thought you were what? talking about the other movie. Uh, my train of thought was not there. So okay. You gave, you gave <laughs> the new Clash of the Titans a six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What did you give The Legend of Titanic? <laughs> what? <laughs> Every week? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> What's the number One. you're giving Titanic? One. One. There we go. One. Hmm. 
One out of ten for Legend of Titanic. And I apologize for not giving you the right movie, but they look the exact same. I didn't I didn't know. Well, thank you for watching that pile for us, Ryan. We will have you back next week for another one. I already have it picked out, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, there you have right. it. One out of ten. Legend of Titanic. Thank no you, Ryan. <laughs> okay, at this part of the show, we like to talk a little bit about Amazon. We love Amazon, and if you love Amazon, please click on the Amazon banner on our site at filmpulse.net. Shop as you would normally, and you'll be helping out the show greatly. We appreciate it very, very much. Do we have a weird winner yet? Not yet. Uh, Not yet. What's the weirdest thing so far? Still jogging t-shirts? Yep. Damn. Yep, jogging t-shirts. <sighs> um, we have a contest going on right now where we're going to be giving away a DVD or Blu-ray to the person that buys the strangest item from Amazon. All you have to do is just buy your item and then send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net and let us know what you bought and if it's weird enough you will get a special prize. Special prize. It's a special DVD or Blu-ray. You can also check out our Film Pulse store on our site where we sell some of the (laughs) DVDs and Blu-rays that we talked about during the week. I think the prize should be they get to watch a movie with Ryan. That should be the prize. Or, or what, what we'll do is we'll we'll redo a commentary track for a movie and have Ryan do the audio commentary <laughs> on the movie. Uh, that that would be amazing. Yes, that's what we're doing from now on. <laughs> we're we're, we'll, we're totally doing that. We're gonna like, pick uh, at the end of the year. We're gonna pick. One of the movies that he saw that he absolutely hated, and we're going to make him do commentary for it. That would be so amazing. We can sell them. Like, you know those riff tracks, guys? That's what they do. They sell commentaries for movies. They're the guys that used to do uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm. Like, now, the way that they can get around dealing with all the copyright stuff is that they, they just watch a movie... And record the commentary and then just sell the commentary online. Yeah. And you just hit play when you hit play right. on your DVD. Yep. And we should start doing that with yeah. Ryan. It should be a signed copy of Collision Course. Signed by <laughs> Ryan. Oh, man. That's going to be great. With behind-the-scene footage of Ryan watching the movie and commentary. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll redo the cover and give it a Criterion Collection cover. Yes. There we go. Ryan. Ryan approved. <laughs> approved. <laughs> Ryan. We'll make a seal. We'll make a special seal that has Ryan's. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some news. Uh, let's. You wanna? You wanna go over some uh, not the bees first? I think they're pretty much all not the bees, aren't they? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. There's there's a couple of things here and there that are actually good news that are coming out, but let's uh, let's just listen to this. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Makes me laugh every time. So first, I want to talk <laughs> about. I want to talk about the Mummy reboot um, first. Now, I just read this about this yesterday, so I don't know a whole lot of details, but apparently, the, uh, there's a Mummy reboot in the works, and damn, the studio, the studio, right the studio was quoted as saying. They want to make it dark, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing we need, I think, is a mummy reboot. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah. Come on, mummy reboot. Oh god, and I wonder if Brendan Fraser's going to be in it. Nah, I don't think you can make a dark movie with Brendan Fraser. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, and, uh, unless you're doing do like that. a documentary of his life. Now I remember when I was when the first Mummy came out, and I was younger. I really liked it. Yeah, because we didn't know anything back then. Because <laughs> uh, the mummy might... is terrible. It's yeah, that awful. that might have to go on my uh, list of list of shame. It's essentially it's just a like poor man's Indiana Jones. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, uh, apparently, the guy that originally that wrote the initial draft of Prometheus before it mm-hmm. uh, really got hired someone to do rewrites um he's he's doing this the mummy reboot oh yeah that's just i don't know what to say about that the guy don't do it he also wrote the darkest hour oh and we're gonna be talking about that on tuesday because that comes out that comes out on dvd on tuesday so we're gonna talk about that then is that is that the one with the like Disintegrating. Yeah, okay. it's in Russia. Yeah, okay. Emil Hirsch. Yeah. Isn't it? Terrible. Terrible movie. I saw that in the theater. Waste of money. <laughs> Waste of money. Just like the mummy reboot. Waste of money. Why? And you know, I just, they're going to spend like $150 million on it. Exactly. Too. Why? I mean, did they not realize that the last couple of mummies did not do well at all? Yeah, like that uh, so why? Scorpion King. Yeah. So why? Was there was why? there three was there three mummies? I mean, there was way too many. That's all I know. Was there three mummies in addition to the Scorpion King movie? And then they made they made at least one sequel to the Scorpion King, and it was straight to DVD. I know that. Awesome. But that that right there tells you that it's a money maker. Straight to DVD. Ugh. Reboot it. All right. What what other kind of crappy news do we have this week? I don't know. That's pretty bad. The mummy, for Christ's sake. Um, the the whole what is it? Twins. 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 Yeah. Twins. Uh, do you remember like, twins? And how awesome barely. It was? <laughs> I do remember watching Twins as a kid, and thinking that it was funny. But I don't. I honestly don't remember anything about the plot. Like I know it was some kind of like genetic experiment or something, and it turned out that Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger were brothers. Yeah. Other than that, I don't. I don't really remember too much about Twins. I might have to give it a. I might have to watch it again to see. Nah, we'll just get Brian to watch it. That's actually good. We'll we'll wait to make Ryan watch that. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently there's going to be a twin sequel called Triplets, 
And turns out that Eddie Murphy is also their brother. So that makes sense. <sighs> because people were, I mean, for years, I think, since it came out, people were demanding a twin sequel, and now we're we're finally getting it. Um, yeah, I, I, well, I know myself. I've been I've been pissed off for years. I mean, I've been clamoring. I've been dreaming a twins of a twin yeah. sequel. As soon when I first when they when this story first broke, I took off that day <laughs> from work to celebrate. I cried. I I was so I, happy. I, I remember that because you called yeah. me. I bought a cake for myself in celebration of triplets coming out. It's awesome. Now, um, not a whole lot is known about this just yet, other than the fact that it's going to be called triplets. It has Eddie Murphy. I don't know if Ivan Reitman is going to be directing. I hope not, but probably not. Then again, but, I mean, Ivan Reitman has he been? He's been doing a little. Oh, he did that. No strings attached movie that was the last one he did with um that was the one with natalie portman and ashton kutcher i get that one mixed up with the uh friends with benefits with justin timberlake (laughs) and mila kunis they they just keep trying with eddie murphy don't they well the thing about it is he you know I, i saw the box office numbers uh this week and a thousand words is still up there like, it's still on the top ten. So, people are going to see his stuff. People love Eddie Murphy. And I don't understand why. I don't either. He hasn't really done anything good since the 80s. The, the thing that I like about this news story is, you remember, you know, April Fool's, how I was telling you that Criterion Collection came, their April Fool's joke was that they were releasing Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> and, it, like, all day they were showing, you know, like, here's the cover art for Kindergarten Cop. And they were showing, like, behind-the-scene photos where they, like, photoshopped Akira Kurosawa, like, visiting the set. <laughs> and, you know, this comes out, like, a week later. And I thought it was a joke at first. Yeah. Uh, that actually that not. actually brings me to the next story. Ashton Kutcher is Steve Jobs. What do you think about this? At first, I thought it was ridiculous. But then I think you posted on the website a picture of Steve Jobs back in the day, Mm -hmm. side by side with a picture of Ashton Kutcher, and they look exactly the same. Now, people thought that uh, this was an April Fool's joke as well, because this news broke on April 1st. Uh, But it is true. It is going to happen. Apparently, there's two uh, Steve Jobs movies coming out. One is uh, based on the Walter Isaacson book, and then the other one, which is the one with Ashton Kutcher, is just called Jobs. And that's more about, I think, it's more about his um, when he was younger, when he was just starting out, when he mm-hmm. was first making Apple, and like his his upbringing and everything. And now... When I first read this, I was just like, "Ugh, that's terrible." But then, the more I thought about it, you know, this could be a breakout role for him. I don't hate Ashton Kutcher. I'll go on the record as saying that I I think that he has potential, 
And I think that he falls into the same category as like Ryan Reynolds, where at first you just kind of, you know, shrug them off as being one trick ponies or just not being very good actors. But then at some point they get a role that just kind of proves that, yeah, they can do this. And I think that this could be the role for Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I think Ashton Kutcher's problem is he's just, it's hard to take him seriously. Yeah, and I know that he did do some dramatic work with, uh, like, Butterfly Effect, and he was in that movie that came out a couple years ago called Spread, which was, I think that was a drama. I didn't see it. It it was supposedly really, really bad. Yeah, so you you know, all signs point to him doing a great job. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs, and I think, like, I don't think that they should cast somebody that just looks like the character, but at the same, yeah. but at the same time, I think that Ashton Kutcher has the ability to accurately portray Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was kind of, I mean, he was extremely energetic and just really you know uh extroverted and i think that ashton kutcher can accurately portray that that type of personality so yeah i don't hate it i don't hate that news but no no the only thing i don't like is it just seems like nowadays not only do we have to go through all the rebooting shit all the sequels and prequels and all that crap but it seems like every month they'll announce that a movie is being made and then like the next week you'll hear about three other (laughs) movies that are being made that are exactly the same i'm just waiting okay now since this is on the podcast this is on the record i'm waiting to see how many whitney houston movies come out because i can guarantee you they're probably already working on a biopic Mm -hmm. yeah and what was it the snow white thing yeah you know they announced that there's a snow white movie and of course boom there's another snow white movie and then another yeah and another and another and then another thing is aliens everything gets aliens added to it mm-hmm. i don't know if you've heard about this yet but just like we were clamoring for a twins sequel we're going to get a sequel to Raging Bull. Oh, yes. Now, see, this, I, I think that this has been in the works for a while. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were talking about William Forsyth being, um, what's mm-hmm. his name? Um, Jake, Jake LaMotta. LaMotta. And, he, uh, and he will be. Robert De Niro's, that was originally Robert De Niro's character in the uber famous, probably one of the best films ever made movie, Raging Bull. Well, it's now you get Raging Bull. Two. Now I think that this is based on the book, right? There is a book called Raging <laughs> Bull yeah. Two, and um, I I don't know too much about it, but I think J- Jake LaMotta actually has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, it's based on his book that Jake LaMotta wrote, and it it deals with everything essentially that happens before and after what took place in Scorsese's Raging Bull. But, you know, the number one problem with Raging Bull was obviously Scorsese and De Niro. So we got rid of those two, (laughs) which, huge plus. And uh, they got a director. Uh, He's known for the Dennis Quaid thriller Beneath the Darkness. Oh, no. 
Right there. And if that wasn't enough, he's also directed National Lampoon's Cattle Call. Oh, no. So we're talking high quality here, right? And I'm sorry, but I I consider myself a friend to William Forsyth. But uh, he, I don't think he's strong enough to be that that character. I don't think he's strong enough as an actor to be in a leading role. I like him a lot, and he's he's a really cool guy. We met him on several occasions, and he's just really nice. But I just don't think he has the chops to be leading man in a feature film like that. Yeah. Well. I mean, he he did this before with the 1993 TV adaptation of De Palma's The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. He was in that. So this is familiar territory for him. Yeah, I, uh, I think that it's still going to be a, a complete train wreck. Well, that's going to be straight to DVD, so. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be one that nobody even I, picks up on. I can't wait to see what the... Uh, if they come out with one, and I hope they do, what the subtitle is for it. Because you can't just have Raging Bull 2. No, you gotta have, like, it's redemption. Gotta be... You gotta add redemption yeah. on it. Yeah. It's gotta be, like, Raging Bull 2, the bull rages on, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Raging Bull 2, Electric Boogaloo. Rage Harder. Yes. Yeah. So, um, one other last bit of news. Taylor Lautner joins Grown Ups 2. Yes. Oh, I have another thing to piggyback on that too, but continue with. Well, that's that's, that's pretty much all there is to say. <laughs> Taylor Lautner has joined the cast of Grown Ups too. As if Grown Ups two didn't sound horrible enough, we have Taylor Lautner joining the cast. Now, for those of you, Fantastic. for those of you that haven't seen Grown Ups one, it is the worst fucking movie I think I've ever seen in like the last ten years. It is. <laughs> Mm. Uh, it's just so bad on every level. It's bad. Do you think that movie's better than what's this new one coming out? That's my boy. No, I don't think it's better. I think that's my boy's gonna be far better than than grown ups or grown ups <laughs> too. And I'm not I'm not saying that I think that's my boy looks good because it doesn't. Uh, but when grown ups came out, I think that there was a lot of anticipation for it because you have. Chris Rock, you have David Spade, you have Adam Sandler, you have Rob Schneider, and Kevin James. And these are all, uh, with the exception of Kevin James, these are all people that were very famous, you know, back in the SNL days and stuff. And they're all, I like all of them, even David Spade and Rob Schneider. (laughs) But this movie was just horrible. And And, like, you have Maya Rudolph in it. So the cast is good, but the movie was like literally an hour and a half of them just ripping on each other. Like yeah. super lowbrow humor. I mean like pee jokes, fart jokes, just really bad. Well, and uh, this is the thing that piggybacks on that is Adam Sandler and Happy Madison are remaking Summer School. Yeah, the... The 1987 Mark Harmon comedy. The, which I never even... I've never seen that. So I don't even... I know, which I I was I was sort of surprised that I've never seen this movie. Because you, you remember back... Like way back. Comedy Central during the summer. Oh, yes. 
this I'm sure this movie played incessantly. Yeah, on they they, they love to play those '80s comedies. Like, um, oh, I can just I can rattle them off. Like, just one of the guys or whatever. The one where the woman mm-hmm. and then oh, uh, Soul Man. Remember that one where the guy yeah. puts on blackface and the, tries to join the, the black fraternity. Um, and then uh, the the one with um, John Cusack, One Crazy Summer. <laughs> yes. I don't know how many times I saw that movie. <laughs> Which, oh, we should do that for the summer. Yeah. Let's just make Ryan watch all those shitty movies. All those Comedy Central movies that they play. They played those nonstop in Kids in the Hall during the summer. Yes. Which I love the oh, Kids yeah. in the Hall stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that does it for news. Any, uh, other little tidbits you want to throw in there? Uh, well, it looks like Gary Ross isn't going to come back and direct the next Hunger Games. I did see a little blurb about that. Did, isn't he asking for like a whole lot of money or something? Yeah, apparently they gave him like a lowball offer, and he didn't want it. Plus, apparently he doesn't like to do the same thing over and over again. That could be really bad for um for that franchise. But who knows? I mean, I guess it depends on who they can get. Yeah. Hopefully, whoever they get doesn't enjoy shaky cam, so I yeah. don't have to go through that again. What if they get, like, Robert Altman to do it? Well, he's dead. So. <laughs> oh. Is he dead? I didn't even know he died. <laughs> yes. When did he die? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, let me rephrase. What if they resurrect Robert Altman's corpse to, do, <laughs> to direct Hunger Games 2? Uh, it'll be better than the first one. Man, I he died. In the, he died in like 2006. Really? Yeah. Why, I complete. Why did I not know that? Because you're not that big of an Altman fan. Yeah, that's that's actually <laughs> true. Uh, where I, on the other hand, love Robert Altman. So that's how I knew. Um. Uh, what What did he he did? Um. No, that was P.T. Anderson. I was I was thinking of well, um. The, if you don't, uh, P.T. Anderson, actually, because I guess because of like um, insurance reasons, P.T. Anderson actually directed a lot of Robert Altman's later films. Like he would come in and help him out. Hmm. He was I forget what they call it, you know, like a second director or assistant director. Hmm. And that's why a lot of P.T. Anderson movies essentially look exactly like a Robert Altman movie. Yeah, I was thinking of... The movie I was thinking of was Heart 8. I think that pretty much does it for news. There's a couple trailers that came out that are worth mentioning. Um, also, really quickly, Bully. I think this is the last time I'm going to mention Bully on the podcast. It finally got the PG-13 rating from the MPAA. They they had to cut out three F-bombs, but they, they, got, they, 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 they were got able to... They got rid of those fucks. Yeah. They got rid of those fucking f words because six is just too much that's just gratuitous but three dude. that's okay we're, we're okay with three dude if i had to see that that would ruin my life yeah. i mean six f words in what like an hour that's hardcore it's crazy it's crazy that's too much we're letting our it's kids see these <laughs> yeah i mean oh my god are you kidding me there was a uh, the the trailer for the new oliver stone film savages came out did you get a chance to see this trailer no i didn't but and 
I know that you have seen it. So what I'm going to ask is, it looks like a cheap knockoff of Traffic. Mm, yes and no. It, it doesn't have the same kind of like, it doesn't look like it's going to have the same kind of structure as Traffic, but it I mean, it's about drugs. I think it's about these two uh, brothers, or maybe they're just friends, I don't remember, that they, Bruce, they own, they own um, I believe they own a legal marijuana um, business in, in California and they're both dating this same girl who's played by Blake Lively and I think some kind of shit goes down with like the cartels like the Mexican mm. cartels it looks it doesn't look like an Oliver Stone movie to me I, I mean mm. it doesn't look very good at all now I'm not a big fan of Oliver Stone to begin with but uh, it looks kind of bland. It looks pretty typical. <laughs> Maybe it's just the trailer. I don't know. That's pretty much it. There's a trailer on our site for the new Simon Pegg movie called A Fantastic Fear of Everything. That looks pretty good, too. So. Yes. Oh, oh quick question. There hasn't been like any official announcement, but there are rumors that they're going to postpone. And since we had the trailer up, then the Fox movie Neighborhood Watch, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, because of... The Trayvon uh, Martin shooting. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> Do you think that they should? No. I don't it, think they should. Either. It's about aliens. Yes, which <laughs> brought me brings me back to my earlier point. Why are they adding aliens to everything? I don't know. Because I also read that there, I guess, that uh, Abomination the Battleship movie mm-hmm. has played already in like Japan and Russia. And apparently, apparently that's an alien invasion. Yeah, that yeah, that's an alien invasion. What? Oh my god, why? Yeah, yeah, aliens are. Uh, I remember like back in the maybe mid to late '90s, aliens were really big. You know, we had Independence Day and all those like Mars Attacks and all those movies. I guess they're coming back. I guess aliens are blowing up. As far as the neighborhood watch thing goes, uh, no, I don't think that they should push it back or anything because it's a comedy and it's not yeah like i said it's about aliens you know but they just, did i did read that they also pulled they had some um like yard uh signs that were promoting the movie and they they pulled all those too like, yeah that's just that is just unbelievable timing though yeah. just insane that, like i'm just thinking of one person being like hey you know, it would be terrible if, like, some kid got shot by a neighborhood watchman, like, right around the time that we were rolling out this movie. And everyone's <laughs> like, no, dude, that would never happen. Never. Never in a million years. And, and then I turn on CNN. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, but I'm also thinking of the guy at the studios that they bring in scripts. And he's like, I like it. Add aliens. And we'll do it. <laughs> And then they bring in another script, and he's like, I like it, but it's missing aliens. Add aliens. We're doing it. <laughs> Get the green light. Oh, great. Director of Alien. That's his job titles. Director of, a- Director of Alien <laughs> Affairs. Yes. Add, yeah, add aliens. The Val 2. Add aliens. <laughs> uh, catch- add aliens. <laughs> Is there any way we can make Eddie Murphy an alien? That's going to be the twist of triplets, is that Eddie Murphy's going to be an alien, and then they're going to find out that all three of them are aliens. 
And there, it's a pleasure to take over the world. <laughs> well, I think that does it for another show. For all the latest film news and reviews, you can visit filmpulse.net, and we want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net, or call our voicemail line at area code 850-391-6075. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate it greatly. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Tuesday for DVD and Blu-ray releases.